So, the other day, YouTube recommended a video by Jordan Fringe for me to watch. And the video was his, I guess you could say, look at when it came to, or look back, I should say, not look at, but look back, at Rainbow Fish. Now, Rainbow Fish is a critically acclaimed children's book originally, which was adapted into, obviously, an HBO family animated series. Well, that's what we think. It was actually originally adapted into an animated series across the pond in the United Kingdom, the European market, but also found a little bit of a cult following here in the U.S. thanks to HBO Family. However, watching this, it got, me, it got me to remember something else. It got me to remember another show that at one point I think was on HBO Family and HBO by extension, and that is The Legends of Treasure Island. Now, The Legends of Treasure Island was an anthropomorphic you know, take on the Treasure Island story. However, it was broken up into two seasons, or as they like to call them, series. Now, the reason they like to call them series is because of the fact that in both seasons, if you will, or series, the voice actors and actresses change for the characters. So instead of having the same VA cast, if you will, from season one, you know, just come back, you know, for season two, instead they bring up and I'll bring in an entirely new cast of voice actors and actresses to, you know, voice the characters. Now, the one thing about Treasure Island, the legends of Treasure Island, when I first saw it originally, and I saw it when I lived in Kansas, I remember watching it one day, just tuning in to HBO Family, or HBO, during, during one of my days off, and this was at a time where I think the morning blocks or something like that were comprised of some animated programming, and one of them was Tre- Legends of Treasure Island. Now, I do also remember it kind of, I guess you could say migrating over to Toon Disney, you know, after a while, and I saw it there as well. But then again, maybe I'm just remembering things incorrectly. I don't know. But the point is, I do remember watching this. And what got my attention was how dark it was. How dark, you know, its presentation of the story was. Yes, it did kind of fabricate some things about the story that wasn't in there originally, like with the final boss, if you will, uh, in the series finale. But the point is, outside of that, it was a lot darker uh, than I think anybody expected it to be. In other words, it was more mature than I think anybody thought a animated adaptation of Treasure Island could get, especially when using cutesy and anthropomorphic characters to you know play the roles of the characters, the Treasure Island characters. That is, you know, like you had a dog playing Hawkins, you had a vixen playing uh, Jane and so on. But what was even more intriguing about it is you actually had them not shy away from a lot of things, especially when it came to death, because there were several character deaths or supposed character deaths in the series that I think really shocked a lot of people, especially in, you know, in the finale with the captain dying at the hands of the, you know, the, final, the final boss, the main antagonist. But You know, outside of that, to me, this is a show that, yes, you can find it here on YouTube, believe it or not, uh, in its entirety, but it's also a show with a unique background history, because originating just like Rainbow Fish uh, in the UK, um, the series actually was 
divided into two seasons. Now in the UK, they called it series instead of seasons. And the reason they went by that vibration, if you will, is for the fact that, you know, both seasons or series had different voice casts. That's right. Instead of having the same season one voice cast migrate over to season two or series two, instead they had a different voice cast for the entire uh, cast of characters, which is a rare thing to do. But I think the reason being is contractually they could only afford maybe a certain cast and crew or a certain VA cast, I should say, for one season and then let them go because maybe they had other commitments. And then they had to basically bring in a new set of VA actors and actresses to take on the roles of these established characters. Now... What's interesting about it, like I said, is the anthropomorphicness, you know, role that these characters took on. As I mentioned, John Hawkins, or Jim Hawkins, was portrayed by a dog. Uh, Jane, I don't know if she's in the book, I think she is. You know, Captain Jane, I think, is in the book. You know, she is portrayed by Vixen. And what's interesting is it does basically hint, according to what Wikipedia says, and other sources that may have talked about this said, it does hint at the fact that Jane and Hawkins develop feelings for each other, but it's played in a way to where you know there's something between them, but it's not so blatant. You know, in other words, it doesn't distract you from what the overall, you know, mission of the show is, and that is to keep you watching and intrigued in what happens next. And it does just that. It does just that in a very, I guess you could say, serial kind of manner, even though the episodes are 22 minutes, 22 to 25 minutes. It's done in a way where what happens after the first episode pretty much follows into the next episode and so on and so on and so on. Which, again, going with that kind of structure does keep your attention as to what's going to happen next. And like I said, I do remember watching this on HBO Family and I think later on on Toon Disney when it migrated over to there. Again, I could be remembering things incorrectly, but that's kind of how I saw it. And again, it's one of those shows at the time where, again, well, not again, but it's one of those shows at the time where I think they were trying to recapture that little bit of magic, if you will, that a lot of anthropomorphic shows back in the early to mid-90s were trying to capture at that time as well. And that's that dark atmosphere. Like, hey, look, here's this new series, and its main cast of characters is anthropomorphic you know, creatures, animals, if you will, but even though they're cutesy, you know, cutesy-wootsy in people's eyes and adorable... You know, the show is <laughs> the show is anything but that. The show is anything but that. And in the early to mid-90s, we saw that. You know, with Sonic Saturday AM, with SWAT Cats, you name it, we saw it. And in the late 90s and mostly early to mid-2000s, they tried to capture that, I, I guess you could say that magic again, mostly in the UK market, the European market. You know, with shows like Legends of Treasure Island. Heck, shows like Toad Patrol. Anybody remember that? Anybody remember that? Yeah, that was on Toon Disney, and that was dark in some of its elements, too. I mean, you had one character basically sacrifice themselves to be becoming a freaking mushroom, whom, you know, because they, he didn't get out of a, I guess, didn't, you know, get into the dark area or get to a certain area at a certain time. 
he basically sacrificed himself to be in a mushroom, basically allowing himself to die. And they had developed basically a relationship between him and another one of the main Toll Patrol characters. The point is, a lot of these shows in the UK European market were trying to recapture that magic that the US had, like I said, in the early to mid 90s. And obviously, Disney, HBO Max, you know, two of the primary, you know, primary, uh, I guess you could say, I guess you could, distributors, uh, best way to put it, distributors, saw this and said, hey, we want a piece of that. And that's why they licensed over to the U.S., you know, Toad Patrol on Toon Disney and Legends of Treasure Island on HBO, on HBO Family, not HBO Max, but HBO Family, and then I think later on Toon Disney. That's why they licensed them over because they saw, hey, this these shows got a cult following People are watching them. They're paying attention to them. Let's see if we can get that same reaction here in the U.S. And guess what? They did. And that's why a lot of people, you know, they remember Legends of Treasure Island. Yeah, it doesn't get spoke of that much, which I'm surprised about. But a lot of people still fondly remember it because of the fact that it's one of those shows that, again, has, you know, has its main cast, you know, it has its main cast, you know, portrayed by these anthropomorphic characters, but yet it's a lot darker in tone and a lot more mature in tone than I think you can imagine. Now, yes, is the animation up to par at times when it comes between both season series, if you will? In a way, it's okay. The animation's all right. You can kind of tell it's toned down just a bit in season two, series two, but it's still decent. It's still on par to be almost close to feature film quality. Almost. But outside of that, it's the story, it's the presentation, you know, of this adaptation of this great novel, if you will, this legendary folklore, fictional novel that people remember the, remember it for and how the characters are portrayed within it. Like I said, one of the things that's interesting about it is it does develop some kind of romance between Jim Harkins and Jane, but they don't do it in a way that it's right in your face or it's distracting you know, from, the, from the rest of the series. You, know, you see that it's there, but that's it. You don't see them kissing on, t- on, on screen. You don't see Jane kissing you know, Jim on the cheek, or maybe she did, I can't remember, but it's there. You know, it's there. It had, you know, it had its moments. Now, I don't know if maybe there's an episode where she encounters mermaids where Jane gets turned into a mermaid temporarily. I can't remember. You know, I have to go back and watch. But, you know, it's, it's moments possibly like that, along with things that I mentioned, that made fans, you know, even here in the U.S. and obviously over in the U.K. and Europe, you know, follow the series with such intrigue and such interest and investment that they just couldn't, you know, stop watching it. Now, were they able to accomplish, you know, telling the whole story or at least the loose adaptation that they did in the span of two seasons, two series? Yes. Now, did it end kind of abruptly a little bit in the season uh, series finale in season two? In a way, yes. But... You know, what are you going to do? Maybe that's all they could afford to do. We don't know. But overall, when I look back at this series, when I look back at the Legends of Treasure Island, 
not only do I see something that's kind of maybe looked at as almost lost media, which is surprising, but I look at something that if done today, if rebooted today, there is no doubt that maybe it would take on a darker tone. There is no doubt that maybe a service, a streaming service like a Netflix, you know, an MGM Plus, Amazon Prime, HBO Max or Max Discovery, whatever you want to call it, you know, or Disney Plus. You know, I would not be surprised, you know, Retro Crush, Crunchyroll, well, maybe Retro Crush more than anything, Funimation, you know, I would not be surprised if any of them would take a chance, you know, on airing it on their services because of maybe the potential they can get, you know, they can get away with it, especially if maybe, you know, the reboot is a lot more darker in tone, a lot more mature than the original. I would not be surprised if it was if that was done today that any of these services would not look at that and say, "Hey, we want to pick that up and we want to bring that over to our service. We want to use our service to sh- you know showcase it to our country, to the you know to part to North America, to the U.S." I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if that was to happen in the future. Not saying it will, but in the end, though, guys. In the end, Legends of Treasure Island, again, you could find the original series here on YouTube. You need to check it out. It is, it is, de- it is, in my opinion, a very decent adaptation overall. Very loosely decent adaptation, you know, and everything. But it has that, it has that Saturday morning feel to it that you can't, you couldn't find, I think, anywhere else. It's very reminiscing, oh, that was very reminiscing of the 90s. That's what it was, you know. That's what, you know. That's why I think it was very beloved. It had that very nostalgic, you know, uh, Saturday morning feel, you know, that was reminiscing of the ni- early to mid '90s, especially again at a time when you saw some of these anthropomorphic shows, you know, although having cutesy animals and all that, you know, being the main cast, were a lot darker in tone than I think any of us could imagine. So. So in the end, I do recommend it, and I got to give a shout out to Jordan Benj for kind of inspiring me to talk about this because again, you know, when he talked about Rainbow Fish, even he admitted he didn't even know that the show existed on HBO Family until he looked until he found out about it recently. But let me know what your guys' thoughts are. What were your thoughts on the Legends of Treasure Island when you first saw it? How do you feel? How did you feel about the show? What characters did you like the most? Did you see that kind of budding romance or whatever it was hinted at or hinting at between Jane and Hawkins uh, in the series? Let, let me know down below in in the live chat during the premiere. Love to hear from each and every one of you on that. Also, you'll get an audio podcast version of this at BW Roses Discussions Podcast at all your various favorite podcast locations except for Pandora. Also, support me at my Teespring store, which you can click in the upper right-hand corner of the end screen here so you can see what kind of merchandise you can get there. Also, ladies and gentlemen, support me at Vimo at BW Roses for content you can't get here on YouTube due to copyright reasons. Also, DeviantArt.com says BVW1979. Also, support me at Venmo at Brian-Walmart-2 and at Cash App at BWRoses98 so you can help me out there financially to help build this channel even more. Also, guys, check me out at Patreon.com with a $1, $3 tier. And until next time, guys, give me your thoughts again in the live chat and in the comments below. What were your feelings about the legend of Treasure Island when you first saw it? And until next time, guys, I am out.